I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. I'm Cliff. Hello, Cliff. I'm Brett. Well done. You did it that time. I got it right. Yeah. I'm on fire. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Eh? So, how are you doing? Yes, I can't complain, Cliff. How's, how's your good self? How are your loins? My loins are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Has ever got more fiery jack on them, have you? Mm-hmm. I was yeah. spilling it on her, put her fingers. But have you yeah. watched out this week? Been anywhere oh, funny? I haven't been anywhere funny, no, that's a shame. <laughs> I wish I had been somewhere funny. That would, that would have been good. No, um, I watched that Cabinet of Curiosities thing because you said it was good, so me and the wife watched the first three episodes. Okay, I thought the first one was class. I watched mm-hmm. the second one last night. Didn't care for that about the rats. Well, I don't like rats, right? I don't like rats at all. So well, not many people do like them. I think that's probably why they're always in horror films. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I mean, it, the thing is about them that that everyone's been scary, but just obviously in a, a different way. I mean, the second one was like claustrophobic, and yeah. Obviously, the rats and stuff like that. The third one's horrible. I haven't seen the third one. Uh, the third oh, one's horrible. horrible. Yeah, I don't like that description of it. <laughs> I've had odd dreams after watching them every night. Oh, so I think that shows that a bit bit scary, eh? I think it, it is like good. If, if anybody doesn't know, it's Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, which has just uh, appeared on Netflix in the run-up to Halloween. So huh? del Toro, uh, director, like, brilliant horror director. Um, He's class. Pan's Labyrinth hey, is him. Also Hellboy. Also Hellboy. Hellboy's mint. There's only one thing uh, Del Toro does introduce the show, and I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> Absolutely no <laughs> idea. And then he just keeps showing some small trinkets. <laughs> he does. I genuinely, I'm, two of them I've watched, uh, no idea what he's saying. No, I haven't got a clue what he's saying <laughs> at all. But he's looking Which is sorry. He's, ah, he's class, isn't he? I think he's great. I think he's class. I mean, the Hellboy films are... Excellent, I think. You like Pan's the, I like the well. first one. I didn't I, like the second one. The Shape well, of Water, like where the woman falls in love with a fish. Yeah, I'm not too bothered about that I, one. I loved that. But like the, didn't the it win Oscar, that one? Something Probably won a lot of them, I think. Um, yeah. So he's a great director. I think he's better in horror than the fun stuff. But he's <laughs> not directing any of these. He wrote, he, he wrote or co-wrote the first two. And then yeah. each of these eight episodes, two a day being released up until uh, Halloween are directed by like up and coming or cult horror directors like young, youngish. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to any of those new uh, Revolver songs? I haven't. It's out on Friday, the whole thing. Yeah, but I think people have started getting it. It's like any pre orders have like become. Oh, so there's yeah. a couple of songs on like YouTube and stuff like that. But to be honest, I haven't listened to any of that because it's going to sound crap in it. Um, so. Yeah. They've basically so far they've brought out another version of Taxman, which I think I mentioned to you a it couple is. of weeks ago. And uh-huh. the second version of Got to Get You Into My Life, um, which is it's it's got no horns in it, so it doesn't have that Motown y sound. It not? But instead of the horns, it's got uh George Harrison playing like a fuzz 
box guitar. So mm -hmm. it's like bow, 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 like that guitar sound, like right, that, which mm -hmm. makes it sound a bit more like like different soul, like kind of stacks kind of soul, like a uh -huh. bit more harder edge. So it's weird hearing it like that. The rest of the song is pretty much there. A couple of just things that are different. Um so that's that's the main difference that. And then there's a work in progress of Yellow Submarine, which um I've heard John Lennon singing uh, on one of them, is that right? Yeah. And it's uh -huh. the lyrics are. I was going to read them out. I'll tell you what the lyrics are. In the town where I was born, no one cared. No one cares. In the <laughs> town where I lived, no one cares. No one cares. Nice. About two minutes. Just it's... it sounds really sad. Just say no one cared. Though. So, it is just yeah. a football chant, isn't it? That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Perfect. didn't expect that it to come from that beginning. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows? Eh? It just come from from anywhere, don't they? So there you go. I will give it a listen though, because my favorite Beatles album. And obviously. also, be nice to see. What I've even got the T-shirt on as we speak. Oh, have you? Aye. I thought it was uh, a Kinks T-shirt. It's not a Kinks T-shirt, no. It's the, it's Revolver. I, I can't got see it. I oh, see. It just looks like you've got like sweat marks. It's too That's dark, isn't it? <laughs> it's pitch black. Can you not see it now? Brett, I don't know what it looks. All right, okay. I thought that was like you know those color changing T-shirts when they get hot. Uh -huh. <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> oh, them. like that. I, I always like, wanted one of them. I thought. I mean, breasts. You were very yeah, warm. <laughs> they were ridiculous, aren't they? Remember them? They were absolutely what were they stupid. Called? Something glow. Tandy or something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but there was there was some that cha actually changed color, wasn't there? Apparently, like if you got the big marks under your arms and stuff like that, you know what I mean. When you were a bit, hot. yeah, but there'd be like Not a one. like a purple splash of paint or something. Yeah, <laughs> who thought of that? I didn't. I was, that's insane, isn't it? I don't know. It was rather. Same. It, it's the same person that just that thought of fluffed pens. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Isn't it? You had to write, but the instead of normal words, you're just gonna just be fluff. fluff. <laughs> just fluff. Just give us some. That's fluff. all it is. Uh huh. I'd love to. Yeah, man, that's just mint. You can write on clothes. Who wouldn't want to write on clothes? I'll sign my name. <laughs> you want to sign my name for you? <laughs> <laughs> you Don't had to write quite jacket. big, though, didn't you? Hmm? Yeah, you your writing had to be quite big. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you used to have to squeeze the fluffed pen while you were writing, so you would write as if it was a dagger, which, you know, <laughs> doesn't come out well, does it? not the best way of writing. <laughs> it certainly isn't. <laughs> they didn't think it through, did they? Welcome but to the Nostalgia Podcast, Brett and Glyph Day Circus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you remember Naf Naf? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I saw another thing on uh, Facebook as well. Can you remember them sweets that you used to get in a coffin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love like them. Little bones. Aye, oh, little bones in that. <laughs> Should be able to get them again, shouldn't you? They were mm -hmm. the best. Coffins. So there you go. Mm -hmm. So, talking about coffins, this week we watched uh, a film called Dead Man's Shoes. We did indeed. We did watch this. Uh, I watched it a couple of weeks ago, actually. I remember, I remember Tom, yeah. I watched it with my son, my 16-year-old yes. son. And I, I watched it soon after. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't have any notes about it, but I, I've seen it a fair few times. Probably one of the films I've watched more than others, to be honest, because I, I, I love it. But it's... Yeah. I can't... I don't know whether... I, I think I was just a bit harder than I was, than, than I am now before, and I was never very hard. But now I get uh -huh. upset very easily. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it, harrowing, well, it, isn't it? Even though it, it I know isn't. what it's about and I know what's yeah. going on. I mean, you couldn't watch it every week, could you? Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's, it's too awful. much, in it? I right. mean, in the, in the two-week gap, because I watched it again, even that that was that was a bit too much for us. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you, you watched it again I, after two weeks? I watched it again, yeah. So it was it was tough watching um, the second time. In fact, it was you know it was harder to watch the second time because you were thinking about what it's about a bit more because you were doing it for this or what? Yeah, I guess so. And it's just it's so cruel, isn't it? I mean, it, not what the uh, Paddy Considine's uh, character does, although he is quite cruel as well. 
But I think like, that's one of the great things about it. Have you got the uh, synopsis for everyone? The synopsis. synopsis. Oh, you love the synopsis, don't you? I love your synopsis. So it, you certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, it's the story of um, the return of Richard, who's a paratrooper in the British Army, to his hometown of Matlock, Derbyshire, mm-hmm. which actually looks like quite a nice place. In certain places. In certain areas. <laughs> in certain areas, yes. <laughs> Richard vows to take revenge on a group of drug dealers who have abused his mentally impaired younger brother, Anthony. We would say Anthony. They say Anthony. Okay, has it got the H in the name? Don't know. Are you reading it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading my writing. All right, okay. And obviously oh. I'll put the H in. You put the H in, of course, because you're not down. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, yes, it came out, when did it come out? 2004. So, quite a long time ago. Yeah. Now, 18 years ago. And it's directed mm-hmm. by Shane Meadows, um, who people may well know from such other massive hits as uh, Room for Romeo Brass and 24-7 and Summerstown. But maybe know him a bit more for This Is England, because that's his main thing, isn't it? I think so, yeah. More so, this is England. And also, didn't he do a uh, Stone Roses thing as well? He did. Um, he did the Stone Roses Made of Stone documentary about their comeback gigs in Manchester in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I went to one of those gigs, and I think one of my mates, Kyle, who I used to work with in the cinema, I haven't seen for years, he was one of the cameramen on it as well. That's what he does for a job. Um, All right. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's good. You know, we like the Stone Roses, and it was exciting that they were coming back. Didn't really amount to much. Didn't last very long, did it? That, that, <laughs> two back two that one single. songs. And, uh, oh, I, I think I've only heard one. No, there was two in the second. The first one, this is like all for one and one for all, or something like that. It was something it? like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> Dog Tanyan. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to do that for this, by the way. Um, <laughs> the second one. Was worse. Uh, I don't think it was, like, was it? it was just worse. And I don't then, think it's any surprise that they didn't quite get on. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, but that that feels good. So yeah, Shane Meadows is the director. It stars as Brett. Uh, just mentioned Paddy Considine, who mm-hmm. at the moment has just been in the new Game of Thrones uh, prequel that's just finished, I believe. Yes. Um, House of Dragons. House of Dragons. Yeah. So he wasn't a big star at this point but he's he's a character actor isn't he he's in almost all yeah. of Shane Meadows films um, mm-hmm. apart from This Is England not in that um, no he's and, not in This Is England yeah he's obviously he's well known now uh, and who else has it got in it's not a massively uh, well known cast at this not point at the time. To- Toby Kebbell plays uh-huh. Anthony uh, who again has gone on to be a very very successful actor. Um, mm-hmm. He he's in my favourite ape films, of course. Yeah, they're they're good. The ape films. He's Cobra, isn't he? He's the he's the body, isn't he's he? He's the body, yeah. Um, yeah. And Gary Stretches in it. Who he, uh-huh. he's in a lot of like British gangster films, but he was a he was a boxer. Um, yeah, a pretty for boy Chris boxer, Eubank. wasn't he? Yeah, for Chris Eubank. And a lot of the other faces people would recognise from like British TV and films as uh, a guy called Neil Bell, who's kind of instantly recognisable. Stuart Wolfenden, who mm-hmm. has been in loads of things, including Coronation Street for a lot of time. More from him later. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, like we're not going to go through everyone, but you'll recognise the faces in it uh, if you've seen any other similar films to this, I suppose. So it came out and it's a, it's a revenge thriller. Is that what it is? Or is it a horror? Um, I think it's more of a revenge thriller. If you're going to give it a, a title, I would guess. Um, I think in America they try to sort of market it as a as a slasher, which like it most certainly is not a slasher. No, is it's it? Not like by the terms that anybody would know a slasher. <laughs> no, of. I I, th- I don't think the Americans got it at all. Well, I just I, think it's it just went over film, the head. I think. Yeah, um, it, it definitely is. A, I mean, very British, like a lot of Shane Meadows stuff, aren't they? Yeah, They're very British. Do you like Shane Meadows? I do. 
I mean, this is England's wonderful, absolutely class. My last loves it and stuff. So Do you like we'll the TV sequels? We watched every single one. I still haven't seen the last one, which is the nineties one. I still haven't yeah. seen that yet. Um, I don't, I don't know the reason why. Was what enjoying it? The hard stuff, work so. on the like. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's, this is a very similar thing. It's very gritty, isn't it? And it, it's sort of seeped in sort of realism. Like, this is England. Like, I, I love it, but mm-hmm. you've got to like get in the mood for it. And I don't know if you've seen yeah. the Virtues, which was on a couple of years ago. With Shane, I haven't seen that. Uh, yet. Sorry, with Stephen Graham in. Uh, uh-huh. I really want to watch that, but it's, it's kind of semi autobiographical um, about him growing up in care and stuff like that. I think. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it looks it's. It, I know it's hard work, and like I say, I get very easily upset these days. So yeah, kind of, <laughs> I've never been but in the mood to watch it. It's still it's still rewarding though, and it's, because it's so good, isn't it? It's 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 done so well. Yes, of like course, this is England. Do you know what I mean? It it is it is a tough watch. That is true. Mm-hmm. And like I say, you could say the same thing about this film, which is partly why I don't think the Americans got it. Yeah, but despite. The fact that it's a hard watch at times. I mean, this film is absolutely amazing, isn't it? It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's it's brutal. It's tender. Mm-hmm. It makes an amazing use of the set, like you were saying, the the an an unthought of an unloved town in in the Midlands where almost all of Shane Meadows' films are set, and Paddy Considine and him are from. Um, it uses that location to such great effect, and I think one of the yeah. reasons. You said it's nice in bits, it's not nice in bits. Majority of people have grown up in towns like that, and it's why I think uh-huh. it works and you have that resonance with it. It's, of course, you can see some beauty in like the nice green hills and stuff like that, but there's back streets that are horrible. People live in like scruffy little flats, there's horrible uh-huh. social clubs and pubs that look really intimidating to be in. There's some nasty characters about all behind semi behind closed doors like most people going about their business wouldn't really know what was going on and stuff like that and I think like that really that's like most towns whereas normally with British films you've got shiny London and Notting Hill Mm -hmm. uh, you know obviously not urban Welsh stuff but for English films it's normally like upper class or well off people living nice lives in big houses with jobs Mm -hmm. that nobody can really like kind of get their head around yeah, well, it's that sense of realism that you yeah. that you get. I mean, it's we live in a, a very sort of similar area. Do you know what I mean? There's some beautiful parts of, of South Shields. Yeah. You, I'm sure there's some beautiful parts of Dubai as well, but not many. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know, it, it's very similar. And the thing is about this film as well is the drug dealers in the film are. You know, I've met people very similar mm-hmm. to that, not necessarily with the, the, the thing that they do with Anthony, which is deplorable. Not that part of it, but the other side of it where they're just having like, you know, they're off their tits and they're just having a laugh with each other. I've yeah. been in rooms with people like Yeah, of that. course. I mean, I used to work in a pub like the places that, that these guys are, hung out with the lads who used to go to that pub. Um, mm-hmm. and not just that one, but like, you know, We've played football with lads who are 100% like this. We, you know, we've been in rooms. And the scary thing is about these real people, like these are very similar to real people that a lot of people will know, is it, it's that thing where, like, they're so funny and they're having a laugh and then all of a sudden it's fucking dangerous it, and scary. Yeah, And I turns. think that's, that's what this film portrays really well. And not just because them but also the the good guy if there is a good guy Paddy Considine's character Richard mm-hmm. he's the same yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's a good guy in, no, in this not. you know no. I mean nobody wins in this film do they no, everybody loses um, and it, again it, it's not like it, we're talking about it you know being a British film again it's another reason why the Americans did, didn't get it I, I guess is where's the hero you know where's the, like the happy yeah. ending and Where's the the sort of no, going out bleak. with a blaze of glory stuff? It's, it's none of that. It, the present is bleak, and then you have these grainy black and white flashbacks that are even more bleak, and you can't really hear the audio on them. You can't the the sound comes in and out because uh-huh. of these like kind of half known memories that mm-hmm. we're seeing 
and everybody's out of it, so probably can't remember exactly what happened, which is part of the problem. Um, yeah. So, again, that's a very unusual kind of technique to put in. So I think from a filmmaking point of view, it's it, there's a lot of things that are a little bit unusual or very striking and brave, perhaps, uh, to take a story like this, treat it in the way it's treated, set it where it's set, have these characters that are the bad guys are some of them are likable. Yeah, they have a laugh mm -hmm. and you kind of like it. And then you think, oh, no, hang on. These aren't nice fellas. The good guy actually is terrifying. He's not a good uh -huh. guy <laughs> at all, really. Oh, he, or he's got lost along the way. Um, but then when you get actually into the story of it and the performances and stuff like that, there's like loads more reasons to love it as well. I, I, and mm -hmm. the music. And like, yeah, the music's I, great. I, I, I mean, love, Shane Meadows' films, the music is always great. I, isn't it? I love Shane Meadows. Like, I, I absolutely love his films. So when we, we were at college and uh, I was doing media studies at college as a 16-year-old or whatever, uh, his film Room, uh, sorry, 24-7 came out in 1997. And we mm -hmm. went to see a screening of it. It obviously didn't really come out in cinemas or anything. It's a tiny film. It's a black and white film. Have you seen it, Brett? I haven't seen that, no. I haven't seen that Black one. and white film set in a boxing club. James Corden's in it, actually. Um, he... <laughs> uh, and set in this old, again, it's an area like this. Kids have got nothing to do. This old boxing coach decides to train some of them and, and get them like out of trouble. And Bob Hoskins is that guy. And there's uh -huh. like a mean dad, which are a little bit like in Room for Romeo Brass. Um, I think it's the same dad. Uh who's a bit of a dick. He's harsh on one of them. I think he might be James Corden's dad in it. Uh, and yeah, so we went to watch that and I absolutely loved it. Um, and he had a couple of short films before that called Where's the Money Running and Small Time, which are low budget, like amateur films, uh, which are just so funny. I, I couldn't get enough of them and I couldn't get mm -hmm. enough of him. And I ended up like basically before I ended up like kind of focusing on journalism and other stuff at that age, I really wanted to be a filmmaker and I was just become obsessed with Shea Meadows and the fact that he was from a town and a normal guy and like he had managed to make a film and the soundtrack yeah. was great and his mates were involved and stuff like that. I just become obsessed with that idea of being able to do it. There's a, uh -huh. You know, there's like those things where you see somebody and you think, wow, you, Somebody actually yeah. did this, like maybe I can yeah. do it as well. Yeah, uh -huh. obviously, my well, interest and stuff moved off a bit, but he certainly got us massively engaged and excited about the fact that maybe you could do something creative and artistic or a bit different, uh, even though you're from a normal place yeah. like us. And I didn't really do anything with that knowledge because I didn't do it for years, but I always wanted to uh, yeah. be inspired by him a little bit more. Um, and then he's next. Well, I think this room this is like is great as well. This is like back to that kind of those roots, isn't it? The, you know, going back to those type of things because it's it obviously it's very documentary style, isn't it? Mm. And and that sort of that brings you in to the story even more, doesn't it? The fact that you're almost there with the characters constantly. Yeah, aren't you? you feel like you're in a room, like you're playing cards you're there with, with them, them or yeah. having a drink with them, or. Uh -huh. Fucking cat with them or whatever it might be that they're doing. Um, is it that's why I think it cheese, marzipan, that's not marzipan, <laughs> parmesan, <laughs> parmesan. That's it. That's why I think uh, it's exciting because you're in the rooms with them. I think a lot of that's down to camera angles and stuff like that. Yeah, like I say, technically there's there's just so much good stuff that goes there in. There is to make this a, a great film, and it's not just that though. I mean, it, it's it's the acting as well. Is it absolutely? Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? From everybody in the film, I would say, but Paddy Considine is just like, you know, he's like Robert De Niro on, you know, on amphetamines or something, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, he's so, that's what he's like, like Travis Bickle, like completely, like yeah, but um, worse, he's so intimidating. Paddy Considine, this film, really badly. Do you know what I mean? Well, he's just with, he's terrified of them. I think the thing with his character is he's clearly got nothing to lose. He doesn't his, care, does he? He doesn't care, and I suppose when somebody's got nothing to live for or care for or go home to and stuff like that, then that that's absolutely terrifying, isn't it? Because like, it is. they they're capable of anything, and this guy clearly is capable of anything. 
and realizes mm-hmm. that towards the end of the film where I think he it's he's frightened by how much he's gone out of control, I think, by the end of the film. Yeah, he tries to sort of reel himself back in, doesn't he? But it's it's not only the, the fact that he is capable of these things, because obviously in the British Army he's a he's a paratrooper, so obviously he's been trained, you know, to get in to places that he shouldn't be yeah. getting into and stuff like that. But it, it's not only that. It's the fact that he feels obliged that he has to do it. Yeah. And then it's at the end when he realizes that he can't. And I think obviously at the end, we're jumping to the end, but there you go. We didn't really want to spoil it if people haven't seen it, I guess, because it's it's a twist. Yes. (laughs) It has been 20 years. I think like the twist, uh, you watch it a second time and you think, is it really a twist or has it always been like that? It isn't. No, it's definitely a twist because, you know, he's brothers with him all the time, isn't he? Although nobody acknowledges him. Apart he's from always a bit away Paddy from and all of that. So yeah, but you don't realize that really. No, you do don't. You, you think I, there's a reason why they don't want to acknowledge him or they don't I, want to talk to him. But I think I'm. I think Shane Meadows has probably made this film in a way that if you realize from the very first second what's going on, it's okay. It's oh, still yeah. a powerful film, and if you don't oh, realize, of course it, is, it doesn't end, affect it. Then. Yeah. Like wow, amazing. even better. Like, yeah, uh-huh. uh, because I, I don't think there's a lot of effort to make it like it's not six sense levels of deception. Oh no, no, oh, no, it's definitely not like that. I mean, it's 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 done, you know, in a subtle way where where people won't interact with it, eh, with with Anthony and stuff. But yeah, I mean, the the thing is about the film is it's you're so concentrated on Paddy Considine. You don't really exactly think you don't really, you know, get what what his brother's doing yeah. because Paddy Considine's so intimidating, he's so brilliant in this he's film. He's so intense as well, isn't he? Like he's intense, yeah. So your your whole focus is on what he's doing, not what, what his brother is. Mm. Even though obviously Auntie's a you know integral part of the story, Paddy Considine's your focus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah, is yeah, absolutely. super clever. Uh, and I think every scene he's in is like made like that as well. He's, he's so he's just so good. We're gonna need to take a little break, but when we come back from the break, we'll talk about the uh, a few more of the characters and the story, I guess, which we haven't touched on. <laughs> Let's All do right. that then. All right. Right, we're back. I've yes, filled, we're both. I've, I've charged me glass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we haven't really spoken much about like what the film's about. We've said uh, Paddy Considine's an ex-serviceman who comes back to his old town to mm-hmm. basically find the people that have he, were, have been hanging around with his younger brother. Who I don't know what what's wrong with the lad. He's no, got, I don't know. You could got, be autistic or something. You don't know, do you? He's got some kind of learning difficulties anyway. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Not dealt with or spoken about very nicely in the film, which is the crux of well, the... it. It's not, is it? And it, it's not by, you know, Paddy Considine either, is it? Yeah. He has... Uh, That's what I mean. He, at the end of the film, he sort of says, well, he's an embarrassment to us and stuff like that, which is hard to take after you go through all that and then you hear him say that at the I end. Know, it's, it's some kind of, like, guilt trip on loads of levels i think but uh it, it really is it really is but it's it's just a another part of the film that gets you in the gut i mm-hmm. think yeah absolutely does yeah so yeah so he comes back to matlock and uh basically there's a gang that have been hanging around with his brother that you see in these little flashback scenes and yeah, they've a gang mis- of drug mistreated dealers. him the gang of drug dealers and bad lads mm-hmm. and they've been mistreating him and picking on him and making fun well, of been, him. Making they've him been do... abusing him, really, in various uh, different ways yeah. and taking advantage of him. Yeah. And it gets it gets worse and worse and worse, doesn't it? Yeah, it ramps up. These first, they're just, first they're just kind of like getting him to do tasks for go them the and shops. stuff like that. Go to the shops yeah. and stuff like that. Then they're like, make somebody have sex with him. Then they're beating him up. and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's, horrible it, like... it's really awful. Um, but, I mean, it, this, this type of thing does happen. It does, I, I yeah. It, I've covered court cases where it's happened. And yeah. You think, 
how can anybody do it? But people do it. I mean, the, the film itself, I think it was supposed to be like a, a black comedy. That, that was the idea about a, a, a hero social worker. But it quickly sort of changed because Paddy Considine wrote this with Shane Meadows as well. And it quickly changed because Shane Meadows, as he does through most of his films, I think he, he sort of, it's past experiences. He remembered a mm-hmm. kid that he, you know, he remembered from his youth who who died and he sort of put it that into the script and, that, and then it, it obviously, it became darker. Yeah. Um, well, I think so one I, of the things with, Paddy, with uh, Shane Meadows films is they're either like these really gritty realism, like kind of harsh films, but they've always mm-hmm. got a sense of there's always funniness in them. There's always humor and all like, the horrible yeah, stuff. There's always humor, isn't there? It couldn't just be gritty, could it? Yeah, it couldn't just be that. And he does a brilliant job of bringing out bringing out funny lines, as funny characters, uh, yeah. and funny scenarios and stuff like that. And then. He often makes some more comedy films, but there's an underlying kind of grittiness and drama to the comedy one. So I think he manages to like bring a bit of both into whatever type of film that he's making. Uh, yeah. And this happens to be one of the ones that's more akin to This Is England than Summer's Town or yeah. Once Upon a Time yep. in the Midlands. Have anybody seen that? The other thing that I read about this was there wasn't really a script and that, that this was just sort of Im- improvising. Like okay. Things were set up on the fly and stuff like that. So a lot of the, the sort of dialogue and things are, are improvised. I mean, it was only like filmed in like three weeks mm. as well, which is like insane, isn't it? But I think that's where another part of the, the sort of, you know, the realism comes from. The fact that it was improvised. Do you know what I mean? You're getting you're getting a real you're getting a real sort of behavior from these actors. There must have been some there must reading have been off some a script. script. There must have been. There must have been. Do you so know what I mean? basically, Barry Considine's character, he he's back intent on basically getting revenge on this gang for bullying his brother. And he yeah. just starts picking them off one by one, but he starts uh-huh. intimidating them. And again it ramps up. Just like their abuse ramps up in those scenes, his intimidation ramps up. So there's some bits that are famous or, or you know, people quote a lot or reference a lot. Um, the first scene where you see him in the, he's in a social club and the guy, Stuart Wolfenden's character. Uh, Herbie. Herbie is a bit of a Jack the Lad who's dealing in he's this a club. He's dealer, isn't he? Uh, he's selling his ease. And Paddy Constantine is just stare, not blinking sitting in the corner of the room, just staring at him, just uh-huh. won't take his eyes off him. And he keeps looking around. He knows he's looking at him. And he keeps looking at uh-huh. like glancing at him. And obviously you can see him thinking, what the fuck's this guy staring at us for? And after a while, he's like, what the fuck are you looking at, mate? And <laughs> Paddy Constantine's reaction is absolutely, it's like makes you jump out of your seat pretty much, isn't it? It's terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> you, you, you cunt. But it's like it's so like visceral. So it's like, yeah. It really is. It, it's it's absolutely class. Absolutely. You're straight in there as well in the film, mm-hmm. aren't you? There's no fucking around or anything. No, you're no. You're straight in there. And I mean, then, the, the star is a little bit like, you know, you see like Derbyshire and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And, you know, lovely very scenes. Rural and, bits, yeah. and him walking with his brother to a fall. Mm-hmm. That's what you see at the start. But then you're straight into that, that scene with, the, with Herbie the drug dealer and in the pub, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And you get a, a proper sense of like, this guy's fucking unhinged. And then the next completely. scene, the, the next scene like kind of also crystallizes like the, the plan of, of Richard and the, how the film's going to go. So he ends up going back to his bosses who are these horrible like guys sitting in a yeah. disused pub kind of thing, gambling and joking and not a very nice situation to be. And he goes in and he's like, You'll never guess what just happened. Like, just saw this guy. It was a bit weird. Um, uh-huh. And on his way out, Richard's there again. And he's waiting <laughs> there for him. Again. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. But this time, he's nice. And I'm really sorry, mate. I don't know what came over us. Uh, right, like, I, I don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. Please accept my apology. And, he's nice in the most passive-aggressive way I've ever seen in his life. And, and just peculiar. It's like, it, it's, it's still... 
disconcerting. Still uns- it's still unsettling, yeah. isn't it? So he, yeah. so you've got Herbie doesn't know what to think at this point because he's just had a weird experience, then shouted at, then a weird experience where he's been nice to by the same guy in a matter of minutes. And I think at this point he realizes who he is and he goes yeah. to see his pals and he tells them about what's happened and says, Oh, I think it's uh, Anthony's brother, Richard. And they all look fucking shit themselves, don't they? Their faces just go white, uh-huh. like they're proper shit, shitting themselves about. But, but at this point, we don't really know why. We've seen that he's obviously mm-hmm. a bit mad. Um, yeah, so we don't know why. Nervous. I mean, obviously, there's a couple of flashbacks which show that they you know, they haven't been, you know, the nicest uh, to Anthony and stuff like that. So, obviously, you at this point, we think that's that's the reason why, don't we? Mm-hmm. And then it, basically, there's the next hour or something. It's got a really tight film, an hour and twenty five or something like that. The next it is, hour, it's, it's relentless, Cliff. That's yeah. the thing. Because the, I mean, the next bit, <laughs> <laughs> the next bit is is where Herbie goes back to his other sort of associates, his drug dealing friends, and tries to relax and stuff like that. And so he's in he's in this flat, and he he gets like stoned out of his mind, mm-hmm. and he comes out, and um. Richard is standing at the door with a gas mask on and just brays on the door after him, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and he keeps saying, it, 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 it's a fucking elephant. It's a fucking elephant outside, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> it's funny. And he's, it's really yeah, so good. it's funny watching him trying to explain what's happened to his mate yeah. all stone, and they're mm-hmm. laughing at him. So he's just toying with them. So he goes to see the boss yeah. guy in the middle of the night. Well, he's wasted out of it, and he starts spray painting like makeup on their faces and and just and on their coats and on the thing coats, is, there's like a knob what? on his coat or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he writes knob on on this fellow's uh, suit, doesn't he? The, the thing that got me: why does he insist he on it? He keeps wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, I thought was really funny. He's really annoyed about just, it, but he keeps wearing it. He keeps wearing it. <laughs> And the, the other big bit guy, funny as well. He's got this, he's got this smiley like <laughs> makeup on, right? And these, yeah, because he he nicks the main drug dealer's uh, drugs. He nicks Sonny's drugs, mm. doesn't he? From Herbie. And the yeah. bit that uh, that made me laugh was when he's trying to explain. Herbie's trying to explain to Sonny what happened and what he saw and stuff like that. And he's saying it was a fucking elephant. He just fucking goes through. <laughs> 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 Told him not to talk about elephants. Told him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so essentially, like after this, one by one, he starts picking them off in like mm-hmm. various kind of really brutal ways. He just one of them. He does. Like, I mean, the the other scene that I think's meant that, that one in the pub, the first one, is just unbelievable, absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. But the other one that I think's great as well is where Sonny, who's the main guy. He's he's the sort of boss of these sort of drug dealers. He goes to confront him in the in the street. He's just standing yeah. there waiting for him, and he's he's sort of saying to him, "Look, you, you're going down. There's there's no way, you know that you know you're going to get me. You're going to have to." And he tells him where he's staying, and I'm staying at this farm and stuff like that. You're going to yeah. come and see, is that you? Yeah. And it, it's at this point that you realise the drug dealers are just completely out of their depth. Yeah. Completely out because- of the depth. Because oh, you would imagine, and they're bullies, right? And all bullies are the bullies, are the same. Uh-huh. and you expect them to go over and give him help, give yeah, Richard help. He doesn't know, does he? But he he's goes over, intimidated, and he's and because Richard doesn't flinch, he's instantly on the back foot, and uh-huh. he's bigger than him. He's harder than him, let's say, probably. Like he's a gangster or a small and a gangster, boxer, drug dealer, and a boxer in real life. Um, mm-hmm. And you just think, well, he would go for him. He would, he would have them. But like Richard but, just doesn't back down. And... But it, Paddy Considine's performance is so good that you you understand why he's, mm-hmm. he's backed down mm-hmm. completely. Yeah, you and know he what? ends up kind of like scurrying away, doesn't he? Like he's he getting back, in the back into the into the car, <laughs> the <laughs> clown <laughs> car, <laughs> little clown car. Yeah, another funny <laughs> bit. Like they've just got this tiny old Citroen. To yeah. TV or whatever they are, like they're they're all these big burly 
drug dealers or just spilling well, that's out. It. It's all talk with them, isn't it? It's like, you know, that that just like the runs really. I mean, they're, they're all talk. Yeah. And all this bravado and stuff and like that. They start getting scared, don't they? The, the minions yeah. start getting like. The, the, the minions are absolutely terrifying, which is fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen Richard, it's fair enough to but be terrified. That bit you're talking about was that it's quite a famous scene. It's probably the scene most people know if they haven't seen the film, where he like puts his hands out and he just goes, "You're there, yeah, mate." Yeah, you're there, mate. I. <laughs> There's a lad called Tough as well who flees at this point as well, isn't it? Which is is quite an important part. He's he's properly shit himself because the cars broke down at a service station or something, mm-hmm. and he's just thinking, "Right, I'm off." Yeah. The other part, the other, you know, a few of the gang, they go back to Sonny's house and they sort of think they're safe there, but Paddy Considine's already in the house that they go yeah. back to so with his gas mask on. So they're, they're kind of, they're worried, right? They're thinking about what they're trying to do, what their plan's going to be. Well, they're I fucked, mean, aren't they? I, <laughs> I mean, they start getting weapons out and stuff like that, you know, little knives and stuff and nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> And he just toys with them again once they're wasted. He, yeah. He, he just basically actually toys with them and in, intimidates them. And he, and he's saying them. like quite funny things to them. Get up and dance at my party and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But like, and this is a very and then De Niro it style yeah. set. I think this scene is very De Niro where he's saying that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's to our mate Herbie. He just starts being really nice to him. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it, it's horrible, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's he's already he's already shot Sonny in the head, put a bag over his head, and yeah. shot him. Yeah. It was a completely wasted out of it. And that that seems like it's probably the best sort of depiction of like what's that could be off your tits. Mm. Do you know what I mean? In that scene where those three guys are completely off the tits, like doing the stages of it, they're doing the weights and stuff. Because he's put all kinds of stuff in, and he's put like he's in, he's he's put like speed in, he's he's put um, he's put uh, acid in and stuff, which takes a little bit longer. So at first they're all doing the weights and things like that, and then that's him. It's my face, all right. I don't, I don't know. You want to get that eye checked. <laughs> So again, like funny little bits in, but Paddy Consign's in the house just waiting for them to get off the tits, isn't he? <laughs> At his party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, then he gets Herbie in the in the he sits him down. Herbie's fucking terrified, isn't he? Absolutely yeah. terrified. Great performance from him as well, I think. Like in absolutely this scene, brilliant. like it's, am- it's amazing. Because he's he's like a child. He is. He's really childlike, and Paddy Constance is like, you know, you're all right, aren't you? He's like, yeah. Are you scared? He's like, yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared. He's like, it's all right. It's all right. It's going to be okay. But yeah. like, he's just playing with them. It's 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 horrendous. He really is playing it's with them. Absolutely horrendous to watch, but brilliant. It is, and he, he says to him, "I've got someone to show you. You ju- you just wait there." And he brings a suitcase out, <laughs> and in the suitcase is the lad who fleed tough. And it, I don't know how they did this, but there's I've a quick no shot idea. of him in the suitcase. It's fucking horrible. It's disgusting. And I can't Absolutely work out that he's just mangled or he's chopped up. I don't know I've what got no he's idea done what's happening. in that suitcase. But it's it's unbelievable. Like, it's a, just a very quick shot. And Paddy Constantine goes to him, do you want to kiss him? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to kiss him? <laughs> and he's going, no. <laughs> Do you want us to close it? It's like it's like that voice that he's using. It's so awful, isn't it's it? It's horrible. It's really horrible. Uh-huh. So I mean, he, he gets uh, Herbie to believe that he's going to let him go and stuff. But mm. so at this point, you realise that in all the flashbacks, there's another guy that hasn't been part of this gang. So mm-hmm. he says, "There's another one. Where is he?" Um. Mm-hmm. So essentially, all of these people are still hanging around together from when this stuff's been going on with his brother. Uh, apart from one, I mean, we should say it's throughout the film. Paddy Considine is with his brother. Yes, not in flashback scenes or anything like that. He's he's there with his brother. He's talking to his brother. You know, he's 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 there with them mm-hmm. throughout, isn't he? So yeah, should say that because we've I think we we'll missed that bit out, which is quite <laughs> important. 
I mean, not at this bit, not when he's doing this stuff. His brother's not there. No, his brother says, oh, I don't want to go to like all that kind of stuff. Anyway. Yeah. You won't have to, mate, when he's eating his tuna with a can yeah. and a knife. <laughs> so, yes, um, and then he kills him and he goes mm-hmm. off to find the other one. He has kids and a wife, and, and <laughs> that's the quite important, isn't it? And Yeah. And he doesn't live in the same bit. He's got to go a bit further to find him and stuff like that. He's not still knocking around in the same place. He doesn't yeah. hang around with those guys anymore. So, yeah, uh-huh. I don't think he's, like, suddenly Nobel Peace Prize winner, but he certainly, like, distanced <laughs> himself from that stuff that uh-huh. had oh, Well, this going. is another brilliant bit, isn't it? Because, like, this, you know, Herbie tells him where this other fellow lives. And the, these two kids just turn up at their mother's house and stuff. And one's got the gas mask on. Mm-hmm. And the other one's got a knife. Yeah. And obviously his, his mother's like completely panicked. Do you know what I mean? That that mm. this has happened, that the, the kids have turned up in this way or whatever. And that's that's the thing. And, and later on, Paddy Considine knocks on the wife's door and he sort of goes, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give them the knife and the gas mask, yeah. <laughs> Don't you think that was a little bit irresponsible? He went, well, well it was blunt. <laughs> <laughs> Really goes like, yeah, I suppose so. Or maybe I shouldn't have done it. Yeah, right. it was blunt. <laughs> uh, at this point, Paddy Constantine has gone like he's totally committed. He's gonna, he's threatening the kids. He's turned up at the house. He's intimidating the wife, uh, all because he's on this revenge mission that he's not gonna stop until it's finished. Yeah, and he's only got one left, hasn't he? And that means, you know, he's gone a bit further than just killing drug dealers now. He's hanging out in parks with little boys and yeah, giving them he's knives. Gone further, he? And he's kind of threatening that he'll summon battle happen to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes to see the wife and he freaks the wife out because he doesn't seem to think there's anything wrong with hanging around with the kids that he doesn't know and giving them knives. <laughs> like I mean, he does know, doesn't he? But he's he's intimidating her yeah. so that she'll then tell her husband. Yeah. And that's what happens, doesn't he? She she sort of confronts her husband. And her husband spills the beans. And her husband what immediately happened. tells, like, it's like he's been waiting for twenty years or something, whatever it is, to he's, get this off. The his husband chest. has got a sense of guilt, hasn't he? Because I don't think you know when you do see the, the the flashbacks and stuff like that, that he's particularly, you know, he doesn't want it to sort of go along with it, but yeah. feels like he has to, or he he doesn't stop it type thing. So, yeah. and that's what that he says, right? Guilt, what did you do? And he just yeah. says, I, I didn't stop it. I didn't stop it. I didn't I stop tried. it. Uh-huh. So he's, he basically then tells the story. So all of these bits in flashback that you've been seeing comes to a head. Um, and this farm where Paddy Considine has been hanging out is in the castle that you keep seeing is mm-hmm. all of a sudden integral to the story. And they all have this massive acid trip and they make Anthony like, do a double dose of acid and and the, the wrap the wrap a rope around them and stuff like that and the you know the the slapping them and all that kind of stuff and they they put them in like this little sort of dingy building don't they yeah and just kind of leaving put his there. head out the window and they're pulling his head and they're spitting on his face and stuff like that and yeah it's awful. and they keep saying to him you know you know if you cry your mom's gonna get sick or whatever and you know if they. Uh, if you say anything else to us, you, your brother's going to get shot in the army. It's going to get mm. a bullet every time. It's just awful, isn't it? It's awful, horrible. horrible. It's like really, volume. really, really horrible. And what's mm-hmm. more horrible about it is the guys who are doing it are like pretending to be like aeroplanes and playing and stuff yeah, like that. Like like kids, it's, it's, it, it is awful. Like everything it's that's horrific. going on, the, the atmosphere and the feelings that makes you feel like all of this stuff is it's mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. But it's sickening, really. It is sickening. It is completely So he sickening. spills the beans to his wife. His wife is like, what the fuck? Can't believe like, I've been living with you for all these years and didn't know that this happened. Um, uh-huh. And then basically Paddy Considine turns up and he's like, right, you come with me. He's, he's asleep on the set here, isn't yeah. he? And he just wakes up with a knife to his throat. Should we spoil it? Well, I think most people know, like, essentially all this stuff that we've been seeing in flashback happened a long time ago. It's not happening right now. And when you think about it, that's obvious because all the other guys are really old compared to in the flashbacks. And Anthony is different. 
yeah. The Easy. hairs are totally different, and they're, they're, they've mm. grown up definitely. Um, and Anthony is exactly the same. So basically, with the abandon him in this yard, in this barn thing, then he ends up killing himself. Or do they hang? Yeah, him? No, they don't. He ends up hanging himself. That's the impression I got. That That's he, I he ended up killing himself. Yeah. They just leave him, and he's lost uh-huh. his mind, and he's been bullied, and doesn't know what's going on. He's on a, a bad. I mean, he seems to be on a bit of a bad trip anyway, and. I mean, the bullying stuff is just horrific, isn't it? Absolutely horrific. He's, yes. you know, he's, he's 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 an autistic guy or whatever. He doesn't particularly understand what's going on. Anyway, you know, it's it's just awful, and that's pushed them to sort of ending it type thing, hasn't it? So I mean, they've wrapped the they've wrapped the rope around his neck in the first yeah. place. So they've they've killed him, really, haven't they? So Constantine takes them there. Uh... And basically gets him to tell him what's going on. Um, and then, he says, what did you do? What did you do? I know what yeah. the others did. I've got them. And he says, I just didn't do anything. And he starts crying. Mm-hmm. And then Considine suddenly is like, what the fuck am I doing? I've turned into an absolute monster. He's like, he has a go at his brother. He's weak. He's an embarrassment. And then he's like, just kill me. And he tries to get him to kill him. Yeah, he says to him, I think you were supposed to be like you were supposed to be a monster, but now I'm the fucking beast. Yeah, which is a great line, and it just shows the complexities of what these characters have been like and how they're making you feel as as the the guy watching it. Um, so yeah, it's a really tense standoff where he's trying to get him to stab him in the stomach and Mm -hmm. kill him, Mark. The the guy who is the the last guy, he he doesn't want to stab him. I think uh, Paddy Considine kind of pulls the knife yeah. into him. I think. Yeah, he? he does. Yeah. Do yeah. you not think he dies in the end, though? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just. Think it's going to be a sequel. <laughs> Might be a sequel. Yeah. Oh, even with this. Oh, only. So yeah, that's it. It's a, it's just a, a poignant, brutal, beautiful, troubling piece of filmmaking with some amazing performances and it some really great is. music great directing and writing uh, a real gritty I do think it's a bit of a horror because it's a, not a horror in a traditional slasher sense but uh, the, the elements I guess of, there's some of, horrific the things happen in it the stalking it's the... definitely horrific and uh, you know that the bits where he's got the mask on and stuff like that but I think that's clever filmmaking it kind of twists a little bit because you start yeah. liking these drug dealers a little bit, you know, yeah. they're funny and stuff like that. And, you yeah, know, it all of a sudden, it, you, there's a guy outside with a gas mask on, brain on the door, mm. and it's scary. It, it's like, it plays, it fits in and out of different genres, I think, which is a good thing about it. It doesn't really have one of its own, which is great. But anyway, that's yeah. Dead Man's Shoes. Do you want a quiz, Brett? I've got a quiz. About What's it about? Films called Dead. Go on then. Okay, number one. Yeah. Which pompous Robin Williams film says something about captains, my captains? Is that Dead Port Society? It that is, is very yeah. fucking pompous, isn't it? I haven't Ooh, seen it. Oh, this clever fucking gent now. <laughs> Fuck off. I haven't seen it. I've what seen bits Marvel of it. film do people really love, but it got ruined with the sequel overdid it a bit? Is that Deadpool? Mm-hmm, I think you're right. Why do people like that? It's a pile of shit. <laughs> Which My son likes it. What Clint Eastwood film is the final Dirty Harry installment? Ooh. Um. Is it? It's got dead in it, has it, Cliff? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Is that I know the second one's called Magnum Force. If that's okay. any help, this one's called The Deadpool. The Deadpool. Yeah, right. I haven't seen it. Which boat-based thriller do I hate? Despite <laughs> some Kidman short removal. <laughs> <laughs> that's dead calm. Mm-hmm, you got that one, one right. Mm-hmm. And the final one. The pervert Jeremy Irons plays twin gynecologists in which David Cronenberg <laughs> <Cohen wrote> film? <laughs> the pervert. Character's a pervert. Oh, Alois. is his twin brother? 
Something what is not, it his twin brother? Something not quite right about IMZ there, is there? He's on the list yeah. with fucking Goldblum and <laughs> <laughs> Is he? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't mind sharing hands. Uh, what's I can't remember what it's called. Uh, fucking Dead Ringers. That's it. You got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Well done. You got four out of five. You are the king of the That's dead good. film. Names. The king of the dead? Yes. Right. So we've got a couple of minutes left, but tell us what about the music. Well, yes, uh, the music this week is, is from one of the actors in the, the film that we've just watched, the, the brilliant Herbie in the film, who's Stuart Wolfenden. Mm-hmm. And we've got his band, which is called North. Yes. And we've got their new single called Manchester. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good, isn't it? Nice, isn't it? It is. It's a nice one. Maybe people might have thought it was going to be Paddy Considine's band right below, but actually... I didn't know Paddy Considine had a band. Uh-huh, it is. I, quite, I think he focuses more on the band than acting now. Oh, does he? Um, oh, right. He has, like, face paint on. Anyway, it's not. This is Stu's band, North, and mm-hmm. for my money, I prefer this song to the other stuff that I've heard. Lovely guitar oh, in it, there's a lovely, lovely guitar in it. Yes, it's just it's very nice. So Obviously, a, a bit of a throwback there. His youth, I would guess. Yes. Uh-huh. Are, we, are we still cool, Cliff? Are we still cool? Are we just old? I don't know. But can you be both? <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, let's be both. And let's play Manchester by North. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And join us again next week for something a bit more upbeat, maybe. 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 See you later. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.